long and prosperous. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. What a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit. Frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a play on nerds episode one eighty two. I'm your, one of your co-hosts, Jarman, and I'm the other spooky co-host, Steve. Ooh, did I mention I'm a ghost? Ooh, we're both ghosts. <laughs> we're not going to do this. Long. No, <laughs> we should, but we won't. Uh, why are we being ghosts? <laughs> it's Halloween time, Ooh. and that means uh, we're going to do a little Halloweeny type of themed show. A little bit. We're going to be doing a. A little bit of a twist in our normal nerd roll of fortune later on with a spooky nerd roll of fortune. fortune. (laughs) Yes. But before we get to all that, uh, what have you been up to, Steve? Uh, Well, one of our friends from high school and uh, someone, one of the other only people I've been close with since high school, uh, Kelly, came to town. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. So we took her to the Pittsburgh Things and Permanti Brothers, and we took her down to the Strip District. Uh, we got to have one create, so we dropped our kids off, my mom and dad. And so me, Anna Kelly, and then my cousin Tessa and her husband, Dave, came over and we had like a night of drinking. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, so Dave is one of the people that can handle probably the most alcohol I've ever seen. Not like a negative way. It's just <laughs> okay. amazing how much he drinks and he's just fine to drive. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, okay, I can do it. Um, and so in a very impressive way, and there came a point about midnight where they were just, I'd never seen him like this. And and I was like, you know what? We have the two kids beds. You guys should stay there. The kids are at my grand, at my parents' place. <laughs> so we had like adult sleepover and just kept drinking. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. It was a real good time. Oh, for people who don't know, tell them about Permanti brothers and what that's all about. Oh, Permanti brothers. Um, so in the strip district in Pittsburgh, which is where all the trucks came through that carried in all the produce and the meats and stuff, uh, the truckers would order sandwiches and the Pernet Brothers was one of the places that made them. And all the sandwiches came with fries and coleslaw. And um, that was really hard to eat as they were driving the truck. So they would, one guy said, hey, just put the fries and coleslaw on the sandwich and give it to me so I can eat it while I'm driving. And they did that, and other truckers started doing this, and it just became the thing. Fries and coleslaw so on the sandwich. it's any deli sandwich you can imagine, hot, cold deli sandwich you can imagine, with fries and coleslaw on it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it is like the thing that Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is known for. <laughs> the food thing. It's pretty good. It's not good for your heart, but it's good. It is. And the Strip is the area where all the trucks came in, and there's still a couple really cool big shops down there. Nice. So if you're in Pittsburgh, go check out Manny Brothers down at the Strip. There you go, folks. Um, and then after that, so the next day I was a little bit hungover, admittedly, because I don't drink really. So this was like a very rare, rare night for me. Um, and woke up a little bit hungover, and um, my head hurt, and it was, and we just all kind of nursed it that day, and went and picked up the kids and laid low. <laughs> um, but then the next day, it just my head just got heavier, and I just I ended up sick, and we ended up a house of sickness. Oh no! I think Kelly escaped from. 
what kind of spent like the last part of the trip just all in my head like a sinus thing like crazy and it's sinus pressure like i have not felt in years Ooh, you know the thing where like you can feel like the bubble moving around like if you lean too far forward you can feel it shift back and it hurts i never had sinus problems straight i don't know how it feels man it's very rare for me but man i haven't had that in years um but doing much better now. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm on half doses of medicine now. So that was if I can go without it tomorrow. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and then Joyce also got sick, came home after Monday, and she's like, my shoulder hurts. And I was like, oh, okay. And then as she got sat on the couch, she's like, my it moved from my shoulder to my whole body. Oh, no. <laughs> and we went over and she had a temperature of 103.4. Oh, my God. This poor girl. <laughs> So we're like, okay, eat whatever you want. We're going to get your Tylenol. And then I had to, I did have to do the tough dad thing and like get her through a cool shower. Oh gosh. I was like, she's like, it's cold. I'm like, I know it's supposed to be. We have to drop your temperature. <laughs> she did not like that. No, man, it was fight. It was a fight, but she did. She did pretty good. That's crazy. Cause uh, our friend Zach from high school, his, I just caught with him on Sunday, his poor little boy, who's probably about three now or two maybe has foot and mouth disease. <laughs> oh, poor guy. And apparently it's a very common thing for little kids to get. And they're like, wow, all these symptoms look exactly like foot and mouth disease. That That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Rash in your feet, your mouth, your hands, and you get like a fever temperature and all this other stuff. And it's just not fun. So yeah, a lot of kids getting sick out there. It happens. <laughs> Wash Halloween your hands. Time. Do your part, everyone. Get them Halloween ready time. for Halloween. So they're not sick by that. So yeah, there you go. That's right. Now we're just done. Right. No more sickness. <laughs> um, so what what have you been doing? Oh well, I uh, last that week was a big segment about me. My God, no, no, it's fine. Last week I uh, went to the Broadway royalty show with uh, my wife. We went to see uh, Brian Stokes and Sutton Foster, and I had not heard the name Brian Stokes before. But Sutton Foster, that name rang a bell, and I looked her up. And I'm like, oh yeah, if you look her up, you might recognize her picture. She's been in a lot of TV shows and movies as of late, but. She got her start with Thoroughly Modern Millie. That was her breakout role on Broadway, um, which is a big Broadway production back in probably 2004 era. And most recently, she starred opposite Hugh Jackman in The Music Man. She was a big run of that. She did the um, Mary and the Librarian in that. And Brian Stokes, he was uh, he starred um, opening on Broadway as Ragtime as the lead in that play. And he was also uh-huh. later on in his career Don Quixote of The Man of La Mancha. Uh, he's this really nice low baritone voice. Um, but yeah, they were doing like a musical review at the local um, big theater here and we got tickets for it and it was a lot of fun. And uh, that also hung out with the wife's parents this past weekend. We went to a small town nearby called DeLand and went on a boat tour and saw an alligator very up close. And I got a picture of it. I'll have to send it to you later, Steve. It was a uh, very it was just nice sitting there with its mouth open, just like right there, sunning itself. Didn't care there was people nearby. Probably wanted to eat us, but that's Florida. That's just. But you're just is. too much work. It's just too much work. He was having a good time, just relaxing, sunning himself. That's right. <laughs> but I think that takes us to some nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. Um, all right. So the cheeky name for my cheeky story this week is trees. Oh, trees. <laughs> Very nice. Um, all right. It's going to be good. 
So uh, every 13, 17 years, terrible things emerge from the ground and swarm the earth. Of course, I'm talking about cicadas. Oh, yes. Specifically two species in the, it's called the Magicata genus. I kid you not. Weird. Um, well, these bastards show up and they howl like banshees every 13, 17 years. It's awful. And for a long time, the scientific community believed that they didn't eat once they arose. They just wandered the earth mating and laying little eggs and making future terrible things. Um, um, and that was what accounted for such a short lifespan because they're only around for five or six weeks. Yeah. But new research has revealed that might not be the case. Scientists checked the contents of cicadas gut biomes, testing two different groups one from cicadas that had been out and seen the world <laughs> and others that had just, just gotten out and they examined their gut biome and they found the ones that just got out. They didn't have any plant matter DNA in the mix, but the ones that had been out in the world, they had plant matter DNA in the mix. Mm. So now scientists believe, yeah, they do eat. So now scientists have now opened this other question by answering this, which is, well, we always thought that's why they had a really short lifespan because they didn't eat. So why do they have a really short lifespan after spending 13 to 17 years in the ground? Yeah. How do they survive 13 years in the ground period? They like, eat roots. Oh, they do they eat roots oh. down there. Wow. That's weird. Yeah. Roots and like other plant matter kind of stuff. Huh. Those are weird. But yeah, <laughs> they are. So that's uh, so like zombies from the ground. We now realize they eat trees. 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 <laughs> now I that, get it. That explains the name of the story. I know it was a tough. Uh, I know. Totally makes sense. Totally. <laughs> Halloween theme, which brings us to our main segment: spooky roll of fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I made a new one just for this occasion. <laughs> Thanks, Vincent Price. We appreciate you. <laughs> so Nerd Roll of Fortune in the past, you might know, is where we had ChatGPT come up with a lot of nerdy topics where we'd roll a dice to see what we're going to talk about. And then in that category, roll another dice for a more specific topic to talk about. And now we've adjusted it to the Halloween season. And Steve, do you have a, any dice handy? I have a digital dice. Perfect. On my on my thing. I have a D10. How about I roll this physical D10 and then you can roll the D6 digitally. Okay. So our first topic. Oh, God. The dice falls off the table. Is a five. Five is supernatural creatures. Some of Steve's favorite things. I like this one. And the third one uh, on the list, number three. Is the winner. Zombies and the undead. Zombies and the imperfect trees. <laughs> so, yeah, those are uh, basically trees. We already talked about it, basically. That's right. Um, well, good. We're going to talk about it again. So, the zombie genre is honestly one of my favorites. Really? It was. Now, yeah, I'd not say I've fallen out of love with it. So, it's a place in my heart. My one, one of my two tattoos on my body is the my zombie mark. bite That's on the back right. of my leg. Because we're already the walking dead. That's the important lesson. Hmm. Um, and so I, it's become such a saturated field. Yeah. Like since I felt this way and since I got this tattoo that there's just so much zombie stuff now that it's hard for me to like 
love it die hard the way I did. So basically you're like, you're a hipster zombie fan. You liked it before it was cool. Zombies were cool. There just wasn't so much content. Right. There's like 30 zombie shows, right? It's mostly the, the Walking movie, Dead's like fault. I mean, because they did so well, everyone wanted to copy it. And right, of- right. And like when I got this tattoo, like Walking Dead, I think was like in its first season. It had been a comic for and a while. I read, and a, I had read yeah. the I had read the graphic novels and I loved Don Den and George Romero. So like I loved all that and hmm. was really into it. And I still love it. I don't regret this tattoo, but <laughs> have you watched like the new show, like with Daryl, Daryl's new show and all that jazz? I have not. I did watch a little bit of the, the Negan, uh, Maggie show. Oh, that's already out. Damn. I think so. Wow. And, um, I watched, uh, some of the one with the kids. Oh yeah. Like that high got schoolers. Canceled, right? I watched some of that one. And I watched some of probably two seasons worth of Fear of the Walking Dead. I'm one season behind on Fear of the Walking Dead, but I fin- did you finish Walking Dead? Yes, more or less. More or less. What does that mean? Well, some se- some of the later seasons were watched like when Dilly was little. Mm. And so there's kind of these like blocks where I know I watched it, but <laughs> it was a blur. <laughs> I got, we got dillied out or sleep or yeah. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the ending of it and I was glad that it. They were going to split off and stories were kind of still going to continue that I can watch whenever I can because I don't have a lot of time for shows anymore like I used to. But I, I watched all of Walking Dead and there was slow seasons, but I, I really liked all the seasons. I, you know, there's the slow farm season, the slow prison season, but I'm like, you know, it was enjoyable. But I actually just did a video about the history of the failed production of World War Z 2. Um, cause they were going to make a second world war Z movie and they claimed they'd talk about the failed production of world war Z one. Yes, they did. And they're like, basically they took okay, this good. book by Max Brooks, which was, he's a son of Mel Brooks. It's an incredible book. I've heard great so things. Good. Yeah. And, it is and so good. They, they made it into a so bad. big budget, like action lead movie with Brad Pitt. And so the second movie was still going to star Brad Pitt would still be led by him, but they were going to incorporate a lot of the stories and, the feel of the book into it. And it was going to be directed by David Fincher. Um, David Fincher was very much into writing it. He was already talking to his collaborators from his other movies. He's worked with Brad Pitt a few times with fight club and um, Benjamin button and one other movie. I can't remember, but yeah, it was going to be a big deal make a smaller budget. They're going to make it more, you know, story oriented, less about the CGI and the action. And just over the years and, pitfalls after pitfalls and then COVID hits and it just they said fine and just forget it it's not going to happen so yeah it could have been a thing but what was so World War Z the book what was it kind of about so it's it's this after account so everything's already happened and you get this guy who I believe is a journalist who made it through who goes and just interviews a series of people and basically weaves a story of the beginning of the zombie apocalypse into the middle, into the harshest times, into humanity getting a hold of it, into like the turnaround, and now like in the aftertime. Gotcha. Uh, and it is just a series of really good interviews that could have been just a great serial kind of movie with short episodes or shot in a documentary style. With like reenactments with interviews almost. And reenactments and that kind of stuff. Or something like a slightly more cinematic yeah, like a mockumentary of sorts. Yeah, like exactly. Um, I think something like that could have been done. It could have been incredible because they could have had such a wide variety of people in this thing. Yeah. 
This was, they could have gotten actors from all over, had international appeal out the butt <laughs> because there's like Indian characters and there's Asian characters and there's American characters and British characters and all like how the international scope handled this thing is also told through this story. And I've seen Max Brooks interviewed talking about how he spoke with actual officials in the military and the government about how it would have actually be handled if this happened because the CDC has real guidelines if something kind of similar to a zombie outbreak happens. And so he did his like research. His population. Yeah. Like he really did his research and tried to figure out what they would actually do. So I should, I should read it. Um, it's a, it is an incredible book. You should read it 100%. That's not my radical recommend, but 100%. Well, I actually have time to do more reading these days, so maybe I'll jump into it. We'll see. Well, good. Yeah, World War Z. Uh, I've also read his second book, Devolution, mm. <clears throat> which is about a, a, a small futuristic green community tucked in the hills of the Pacific Northwest during a volcano eruption that drives crazed Bigfoots out of the hills. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, it is a good book. It is so slow to start. It is so slow to start. Mm. Um, but once you get into it, it's great, and then it's over. <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's fun. And also, Korea, South Korea, did like a whole renaissance of zombie stuff in the last 10 years as well with uh, Train yeah, to Busan. Train to Busan, also really good. And they had a sequel to Train to Busan, apparently, which was uh, an animated thing. Um, which I did another video about for my YouTube channel thing. Um, but yeah, there's lots of, there's a big, so I had kind of a second renaissance in Korea and just came over to America, but now I think it's, it's on a downswing. I think there's not gonna be zombie stuff featured for a while because the resident evil rehashes didn't really work and it's kind of just on a downswing, but it'll pop back up again like a zombie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so second topic, second topic, let's do it. All right. D10. We got a two. Which takes us to Urban Legends. Also a two. Oh, Men in Black. Okay. <laughs> so I this I think I've told this story on one of our podcasts some time, but I remember coming to your game room and you printing this thing on the printer, and it was really a fight to get this thing printed. That's right. It was like 15 minutes, and it printed out, and you showed it to me. You're like, this is a picture of a man in black. And it was just like a blurry photo, photo in black and white of like a guy that kind of looked like Abe Lincoln a little bit. <laughs> Like half standing behind a building, as I remember. Yep, that's exactly what it looks like. And I was like, oh, this just looks like blurry Abe Lincoln. I don't know what to tell you. And you were real disappointed. So looky here. All right. Every <laughs> photograph, at least before the digital age, it's all about providence and where it came from, the story behind it. Can you track this photograph back to who is talking about it? And does that story have any validity? The story the guy told, where he took the picture, how it happened, that is what gives it interesting value, as opposed to just looking like a blurry picture of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Agreed, it could be anybody, could be anything, but his story yeah, makes it compelling. Anything. <laughs> I'm glad that you at least admit that it could be anybody. Yes. <laughs> but I'm, I've been fascinated by the growing legend and lore of Men in Black that I've read for the last, you know, 15, 20 years I've been reading about since the early days of AOL and going to the library and checking out oh. books and uh, and this that they have always seemed to appear or talk to people who have seen UFOs or had some kind of experience and it, it goes takes the gamut all the way from people in Air Force uniforms with these people who are wearing black suits 
to people arriving who don't seem to be quite human and they seem to be very pale and they're, they seem to be wearing wigs and they don't seem to be able to understand how to eat food and they seem like they're just out of place entirely but they still try to make threats it was just scandinavians guys scandinavians how do i eat food <laughs> yeah. you see ufo how do you the, the crazy pop cans and they didn't realize that ufo is just their cousin that they're looking for their cousin did you see ufo <laughs> that's right didn't understand anything they were saying. Seemed confused. <laughs> Damn Scandinavians. We can shit on Scandinavians because they're also kidding. white. They, I'm just kidding. They all speak English. <laughs> they all speak English. They do. They do. We're the dumb. We're the dumb Americans. They all speak English. But man, like right in that movie, Men in Black came out. It couldn't have been right. It was probably right around the same time I was showing you that picture because it was like I was right in the middle of it. I'm like, oh, this movie's awesome. I didn't like how I was making fun of the seriousness nature of the men in black. I was like, this is too silly, but I do appreciate their effort. You know, <laughs> they made a rap song about them. That's anyway. <laughs> yeah, true. That was a catchy song. Well, let's roll another dice. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold oh, on. hold on. Hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. Of course. Okay. So I guess my question is, no, no we're not done with this. Oh, uh, that's fine. Black talk. <laughs> um, so what? Are they retired now that like there's a government commission? What like what do you think their role is now in this like post? Okay, there might be something world. Okay, well the uh, the people who have written about it, their job deep now? into it, they would say these, and I <clears throat> I would also agree that if there actually was a government agency that was in the know about UFOs and had actual vehicles and new things, they would be no part of these this public uh research and public uh disclosures of ufos and stuff it's something that very low level people are creating and if there's people actually in the know they'd be so high level and so insulated that they would still be going around they'd still exist and just be laughing at these uh, disclosures that are happening in the investigations that are going on that are in the public because they won't really discover anything um that's what my opinion would be if if they actually existed this would be silly to them if that makes any sense. So literally the exact same as in Men in Black the movie. Well, yeah, in a sense, yeah, because they can say... Do you think they have flashy things? <laughs> I don't think they have flashy things. They have flashy memory things. But they did say that uh, a lot of the, the the witnesses who have seen the strange Men in Black who don't seem quite human, that they always feel either nauseous or sick or out of place and strange, and time seems to dilate strangely when they're around, like... Everything about them is off-putting and unusual, and hmm. it, like you're in a, some kind of uh, strange zone when they walk into a room. So that was my next question. Then, do you think that they utilize alien? If they do exist, if they do, if exist, they do exist, the this theory, is the fun part. Yeah, they utilize alien tech, or would that be too dangerous to take in the field? Well, either they use alien tech, or they are in fact aliens, which is also a a running theory is that these are aliens trying to cover their own tracks, but they're really bad at it because they don't know how to act like a human. Um, and actually, if you watch the show Fringe, great television show, I highly recommend to anybody there. They explore the man in black issue because Fringe isn't about aliens. It's about alternate dimensions and stuff. And so they kind of go with the theory that these men in black, I think they just something along the lines of time travelers slash um, ro robotic people. Some people think they're robots, but they think that they've been around mm. forever. There's even paintings they've pointed out in the past that have people look like men in black, but from that era. Um, so that maybe they're, they've been around for centuries and we just don't know what they are. They're strange, otherworldly creatures, perhaps. <laughs> I think it's Tommy Lee Jones. 
Now, what are you talking That's about now? <laughs> I'm just a man in black. <laughs> Look at this flashy thing. <laughs> Go over here, Skip. By the way, there's been an ad going around for this new movie that he's in uh, with Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he's been old for 40 years. <laughs> he was old in Space Cowboys, and that shit came out 20 yeah, years ago. That movie was about old dudes, and he still looks exactly the same. He still looks old, but he's always looked is old. Is Donald Sutherland still alive, too? He he is. <sighs> and he still looks old, and he's always been old. But he is he is showing his, like, <sighs> he's, like, really kind of roughing it out. But, but, yeah, I don't know. Tommy Lee Jones looks exactly the same, sounds the same. I don't know what's going on there. Fountain of old. That's crazy. That's just crazy. <laughs> All right. Now you're ready. Roll the dice. Now I'm ready to roll again. I like your question. I was not ready to move on. Ten. Supernatural powers and abilities. Five. Oh. The concept of soulmates and soul connections. <laughs> what is... Why is that under this category? I guess it's supernatural in nature, but... I don't think either Steve or I believe in supernatural things on the face value of things. I don't believe in a soul, so. I didn't really understand what this was. Uh, never mind. Okay, no, we're talking about it. Uh, okay. Comes with soulmates and soul connections. Okay, so here's my theory on soulmates. Mm-hmm. Statistically, on some sort of scale that's probably immeasurable with any sort of test or quantifiable in any real way, makes you the most compatible with one other person in history. There will be, yeah. That it's there's maybe makes one sense. other person right now who's close, right? But only one other person in history. So the reality is, is that the fa- this the chance of you and that person meeting, being that exact match and the best person for each other in history, mathematically is just insane, nearly impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's just just insane. Um. So, yes, it's mathematically possible that soulmates are true, that are real. Like, you literally met the other person that is the best person for you that has ever lived. Right. <laughs> so scientific. And you are yeah. also the best person for them that has ever lived. Yeah. It's Maybe. scientifically it's possible. possible. And those people could meet at different ages or, you know, but, like, chances are very low. Now, mind you, I think there's a good chance of you. There, there's then a slightly better mathematical chance of you finding the best person you could be with right now. Right. There's that. But you also change with time. True. But even that could be mathematically quantified. Right. You'll change with time. Because if you're talking about time and time spans, you know how things are going to turn out. So you know how people are going to change. Yeah. We're thinking from this like this this like overhead timeline perspective that you need for this. (laughs) Uh, So so no. Chances are not really. But and I, I think that it's it, I guess it's mathematically pop. It's also counterproductive for relationships and your own happiness to think that soulmates to exist that to yourself because to do that to someone else. Then yeah. as soon as you have any kind of issue in your relationship, well, they're not my soulmate. It's like, no, no. <laughs> if you think go from the starting point of there are no soulmates, then you're like, oh, she's I really, really love her. I enjoy being with her. We're having a problem. We're going to work through it because there's no one who's perfect for us in every every imaginable way possible. Right. We're no one's perfect. We're going to we're going to work through this and make it make it work, as opposed to well, she's not my soulmate. Let's give up. You know, <laughs> like it finds find my soulmate out there. And then, and then soul connections, I kind of read as much less supernatural and much more like you know, kind of just like something that happens. Like yeah, when you're with someone long enough and love them long enough, and 
around them long enough, like their pain becomes your pain. That's not a real. I could see that. Yeah. Connection. But their sorrow becomes your sorrow and vice versa. I also read their that as like. becomes your happiness. Kind of a chemistry thing, too. Like there's certain people I've met over the course of my life so far that after just like five minutes of talking with them, just completely mesh with them and really click with them. And it's like I could probably be friends with this person the rest of my life if we had the opportunity. We probably won't, but I just there's just some weird connection between the two of us. Not even romantic. It's just a matter of like friendship or just something like, damn, this like person clicks with me super easily. And it's that's also scientifically explained. But I think that's it kind of feels like a soul connection to me. It's like, whoa, this is a weird kind of vibe. Just all the kids today say vibe all the time. But that's kind of true. It's just you have this weird vibe with people sometimes that works out really yeah. well. Well, you know who is someone like that for me? Who? Rick. Oh, yeah. Because you guys started hanging out like a summer I was working at camp. And so because of that, I didn't really get to hang out with Rick. And I came back for like a week and a half or something before heading to Seattle. And we got to hang out for like six or seven days in there and Mm -hmm. got on just incredibly well. Yeah. He's also a very Um, easy guy to get along with in general. But he, you know, certain certain people just will click really well. And then haven't really kept in touch with him a ton since. And then we get to see each other at your wedding and we like fall right back into it. I was like, all right, Rick, I see you. <laughs> I'll have to tell him you said that. I mean, he listens to the show every week, of course, he like better. all of our friends. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Ricky. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's my take on that one. That's not like supernatural. It's just like, man, yeah, but it's an interesting happens. topic. Interesting stuff. Two. Oh, crap. I got to reroll. Reroll. Two. Well, we did two already. You want to do a different category? Yeah. Okay. We'll keep two on my side. All right. Supernatural creatures. Where's that one? Number five. Ooh. So two werewolves and shapeshifters. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Well, not necessarily that they exist, but this matter. There's a lot of things. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about it in two categorical. Yeah, because we talk about zombies and the undead, not in the way that they actually exist, but that, that what's about them is as a folklore, as a story, as a. Uh, movies and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, absolutely not. There's no way they exist. We'll just get that out of the way. Well, of course, yeah. Um, in movies, I feel like I feel I feel like the Wolfman Werewolf thing. Like, while there are some very notable films, American Werewolf in uh, London, and uh, the much worse American Werewolf in Paris, it's much much worse. <laughs> um, and what was that one with uh, Teen Wolf? Uh, yeah. <laughs> teen wolf uh and you get gems like the movie wolf i think it was just called wolf with jack nicholson james spader oh yeah yeah um and you know you get a few good ones in there but it certainly has not had like the heyday that zombie stuff has had or vampire stuff has had yeah and they mixed werewolves in with some vampire stuff which has been very good like with uh underworld i really enjoy the pulpy underworld series of movies i mean the only guy who gets less play than the werewolf is the is the fish guy and even he got shape of water (laughs) you know the creature from the black lagoon (laughs) yeah that architect but no if you i think sexy uh underworld kind of started helped me in my career because that movie series spawned a whole subgenre of romance novels that I now work on constantly that involve right. shapeshifters, werewolves, vampires, but a lot of shifters, they call them, where they're, they usually don't shift into werewolves. They usually shift fully into an animal. 
um, right? A wolf, and or- in lore, that's I think I covered this maybe on a previous Halloween episode, but in lore, that was much more common until recent. Yeah, the the so the bipedal werewolf thing, right, right, becoming literally a full on wolf or maybe a great wolf or like a big wolf. Yeah, and there's a big thing. I watched this show now. It's all ultra cheesy as well, but this um the the secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, but Skinwalker Ranch is this place that's been around forever in the United mm-hmm. States and Utah, and it was by the Native Americans had a huge lore of shifters being there. Um, they were shifting wolves. And they were extremely terrifying to the locals, and they always stayed away from this area of land. Eventually, it was bought by these white settlers, and they had a farm there, a big ranch. And finally, by the 1990s, there's so much crap happened there where UFOs and ghosts and all this, all, every random paranormal thing you possibly think of would happen on this land. So finally, the uh, this guy named uh, Bigelow bought, bought the land and because he wanted to do research there. He's a, a multimillionaire. And so Mm -hmm. we paid all these scientists to come out and research it. And finally, the government got involved and the government bought a stake in the ranch and was there for 10 years with with Bigelow um, researching this land. And that's just on paper. This really happened. For some reason, our government decided to spend money to research portals and shapeshifters and UFOs in Utah. Um, So finally, Bigelow sold the land to this new millionaire who now made a reality show out of scientists coming there to study the land and they do drones and they do radar and ground penetrating radar and all these things that's fine. And no one's seen a shifter yet, but they, those are things that are there. That's, that's why it's called skinwalker. They call these shapeshifters skinwalkers in the native American culture. So it's a fascinating show and they see a lot of UFOs in the show, which, you know, I can't explain, but they, a lot of video of UFOs and strange things that happened on the ranch. A, a cow died with all its blood taken away while the show was happening, supposedly. So it's it's interesting, but that's my take on shapeshifters in the in the real world, as it were. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely 100% not. Now, <laughs> nope. Of all the things I'm willing to give credence, I'm willing to say that soulmates are mathematically possible and aliens are mathematically probable, and I think that there's at least something that could be Bigfoot. It it could be small possibility. It's possible mathematically, it's possible. So I can't rule it out. <laughs> the odds are very low. Some animals in the, in the animal kingdom are, they do shift in a way and look like different creatures, but they're not really shape shifting. That's the thing. No, no one, right, right. nothing really does that. I mean, like a cocoon becoming a butterfly, you know, I like can't the, get on that. Yeah, besides like cuttlefish hmm. and octopuses that can change their, their textures. Yeah. I guess you, okay. I guess you win werewolf. Chameleons octopi. change their colors. Werewolf to pee. Werewolf to pee. <laughs> like sound right lycanthropy <laughs> that's what <clears throat> all right well let's go to our next topic all right this is the last one because i think we've done four or five we're yeah. going crazy i want to get to one of the story ones but it's like we're not going to get to one of those yeah let's not do haunted no, locations no that the hell with that i re-rolled mine all right let's do uh just so we can get one of the story ones in here let's do six Mysterious disappearances. Ooh. Okay. Five is the one on there. One, two, three, four, five. Um, okay. <coughs> so, we're going to the Bermuda Triangle Mysteries. All right. In the vast expanse of the Atlantic Ocean, the Bermuda Triangle has long been a vortex of enigmatic disappearances. This region, stretching from Miami to Bermuda and Puerto Rico, has witnessed the vanishing of countless aircraft and vessels. 
The legends tell of aircraft and ships that entered the triangle but never returned, leaving behind a void of unanswered questions. These unexplained disappearances, coupled with eerie phenomena like compasses malfunctioning and electronic failures, have fed the mysteries of foreboding of this forbidding place. While theories abound, including magnetic anomalies and supernatural forces, the true nature of the Bermuda Triangle remains an enduring riddle. Its chilling reputation continues to capture the imagination of those who ponder its mysteries, leaving them with a sense of lingering unease. <laughs> so what do you think of the Bermuda it's Triangle? Were, it's werewolves. It's werewolves, of course. It's werewolves. That's where they live. They got an island out there and they can't afford to let anyone discover it. So they just shot everyone down. I just keep thinking of what we do in the Shadows movie where he says, hey, don't do not do that. We're, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> Come on, guys. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I think there yeah. could be some natural explanations for there was an extreme amount of flights that went down there, but it's it's in the middle of the ocean and that just happens. And it just, that's where it's going to happen. You know, where yeah, you're farthest away from land. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. There could be something, but at this point, with all the nuttiness about there, people have studied the magnetics. People have studied the the wind, and people have studied the weather. People have done these things, and they haven't found an answer. And I also that saw makes sense. So, uh, if it is yeah. a natural phenomenon, it's one that we cannot measure or cannot perceive, which is possible. Of course, it is. Yeah, things we don't understand yet, but not likely. <laughs> But the most funny thing I've seen about that's why I don't really pay much attention to the Bermuda Triangle anymore because someone said mysteriously since like the late 70s, you don't see many um, crashes or mysterious disappearances anymore in the Bermuda Triangle. And they think it's just because technology's better. <laughs> yeah, technology's so better. Less yeah, flights absolutely. are crashing like because they have the ability to circumnavigate better. And, you know, yeah, it's just it's not an issue. Um and TikTokers go out there and do videos and stuff. It's crazy. Bermuda Triangle, woo! Yeah, we're going to get lost. Yeah. Also, we're going to see how many Skittles my friend Trevo can eat. Trevo. That's definitely his name. <laughs> it's on his birth certificate, too. I'm really not feeling good. These waves are getting to me. Come on, Trevo. Be a bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Bermuda Triangle over your pants in a second if you just stop it. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. Well, uh, we'll save this list for next year because there's a lot of cool stories on here we didn't get to, there and are. a lot of fun topics we didn't get to talk about. So we'll we'll definitely keep in touch for till next year for more spooky, spooky AI, GPT madness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, well that takes us to some radical recommends. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend pleasant. All right, so this week I'm going to recommend something that I never thought I would because I'm not a drinker, really not a drinker. In fact, this year probably represents the most I have drank in a decade or more. Wow. Between your wedding and like Kelly coming to town and us having this crazy night and me drinking slightly more socially here, mm -hmm. like at a Penn State game, I will have a beer, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but... Since Kelly was here, we celebrated, we went out for dinner, and we came back, and we all drank. So we, I made tequila shooters, mm -hmm. which is something I used to make in college, and I forgot how good it is. So tequila is like the only hard alcohol I can do. For whatever reason, it's the only one. Um, and the best way to consume it is what you do is you take, you go get a big thing of pineapple juice, all right? Mm -hmm. You with me? Sure. I and love pineapple. you go, and you take, you take like three or four drops of vanilla extract. Ooh. Not a ton. 
You get it in that pineapple juice, you shake that baby up. <laughs> and then you pour shots that are half tequila and half that. Ah. And for whatever reason, the mix of the pineapple and the vanilla completely eats the taste of the tequila. So, yeah, you're not doing a full shot, so it's going to let you party a little bit more. You're getting other liquid in you. And it's delicious. And it is delicious. Yeah. And because you're because they're half, you can call for them more often, so it feels more fun. Like there were so many times that night that someone would just go tequila shooters, and I go tequila shooters, and we go do them because <laughs> we're all each only doing a half a shot. See, when parents get a night off, they party hard. Man, we really did. We really, really did. <laughs> and you can make that do a nice drink too. Maybe like a regular amount, like a shot of tequila, then put the shot of that in. And then just some Sprite on top, maybe or some club soda or something like that. Oh yeah, that. just a one to one ratio. Yeah, you could do a sipper on it. You yeah, do a make that into a sipper. Good. That'd be really delicious. But it's great as a shooter. It goes down so smooth. I like the sound of that. Once so I that's tequila shooter. <laughs> I haven't drank I anything in like almost three months. But if I when I if yeah. I ever do again, I'll try that. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> All right, it takes us to some trailer review. That's right. <laughs> All right, this week we're talking about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And I think the Lost Kingdom is what they're calling the DCEU. That's why they're putting this movie out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the second movie of Aquaman by himself. And uh, yeah, it looks like this time he's up against that same guy again. I can't remember his name already. Yep, all the same guys from the last movie. Yep. As far as we know, it's all the same guys. Same bad guy, same brother, same everything. <laughs> Yep, I didn't see uh, Willem Dafoe, but I can't even remember if he died the last movie, so maybe that's why he's not there, but uh, yeah. And Amber Heard, of course, is not featured, but she is shown very briefly. Yes, and she recently, which is kind of shitty, even for, for someone who might have done bad stuff that she's done, someone leaked out her therapist notes from her time during mm. filming The Lost Kingdom, and she wrote about the bad things happening on set and how... Jason Momoa was often drunk and he sometimes come dressed as, as um, Johnny Depp, just to taunt and, and taunt her basically. And uh, they made set a living hell for her when the whole trial was starting up. And, you know, I believe it. You can believe two things at once that she has did a lot of shitty things in that marriage. So did Johnny Depp. And also people are terrible and they should just, you know, mind their own business. And you already hired her for the job. Just make it as, as easy as possible while you're there on the set and and, they, and, and there to fed jason momoa also already kind of just dresses like giant depth he kind of does they both have that jacket flowy thing open collar some necklaces some rings you know we're right tattoos. so i don't it's I hard don't to tell that that's <laughs> that entire story that's the one thing i'm incredulous about. yeah exactly no i'm with you on that I one that's like dress he, kind of the same. Yeah, he does doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> one thing i like about this too is that uh, recently, as several years now, Jason Momoa has kind of had a dad bod, um, which is great. Yeah, good for him. And so this movie, you, you can purposely see the only shirtless shot they show of him is from the last movie. It's like a it's a, a clip of oh, things yeah. he happened before and everything else. He's in like the muscle suit and everything. So I'm like, good for you, man. You don't need to work out that much. That's nuts. That's right. He's still a huge you guy. He's just a big man. dude. But anyway, what do you think of the trailer, Steve? Um, I don't know. It looks boring as hell. 
Ah, there's some other MacGuffin that we already told you exactly what it is, so you know to watch out for it. The Black oh, Trident. there's everybody from the last movie, but this time they're going to be friends. <laughs> and, oh my God, look. Ooh, Nicole Kidman. Oh. <laughs> um, and I tried to think about, am I just jaded now? Because there are a lot of crazy special effects and Hugh Jackson sec pieces and stuff. I'm like... When I was a kid, would this be really impressive? But now, just we've seen it so much, are we just overwhelmed? It's just really not impressive anymore. I don't know. I don't know, but that's always been the way of it with film. Film's always been this is the new standard. Live yeah. up to it or die. That's always been you know. Well, when, especially when, superhero when new movies media now. and new tech comes in. Well, I'm just talking about like even like the transition to color and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, there's transition you know. to color, then there's always having tons of CGI, tons right, of but I'm saying that became pieces. the expectation. Right. And if you didn't switch to that, you were done. Yeah. I'm just saying that's always been the way of movies. And everything was like Harryhausen Claymation. That became like the standard. So if you didn't have effects at least that good, you weren't making A-plus movies. Well, which is funny, though. I see almost everywhere. And then Spielberg everywhere. said it again. If you weren't making stuff that good, you weren't making A-plus movies. But I see everywhere... All these fans always clamoring for more practical effects. And I feel like the studios aren't getting the hint that we are don't want so much CGI. And the ones that do it, like they mix some CGI with practical effects. That's the one we like the most because you can feel it. It feels real on screen. You know, I don't know. I, I think that really the the practical effects that I, are the interactive things that an actor is going to need to actually participate with 150 percent. But, you know, I don't need an animatronic whale in a wide shot. Well, no, I don't either. <laughs> you know, that's be reasonable. The, that's just the, re- that's, that's the reality. So, But I agree that, like, if something an actor is really going to have to interact with, then absolutely. Yeah, like, they'll have dragons in uh, the new Game of Thrones show that are partially a big animatronic. But then you see the behind the scenes and a lot of the face and everything has been is green screen on it so that they can add in. Yeah mix in cgi effects so it's like it feels real at the same time that it's also cgi that's pretty cool but instead they just want to slap in you know i think another thing that did that very successfully was um the dark crystal oh the new series of resistance yeah Yeah. that we'll never get a sequel to um i thought that did a really good job of that of that mixed media that blending very much so that show was beautiful um so this one i'm gonna give it i don't know like Gary Busey got a fish tank. <laughs> okay, here we go. Gary Busey got a fish tank. And he's like, hey, hey, Raul, I got an idea. I'm going to teach my fish to drink Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Rolls in his chair, trying to read the paper. And he goes, don't do that. It's going to hurt them. And I was like, nah, see, I'm just going to add one a can a day. I was like, nope, don't do it. <laughs> Gary gets a can and he gets up on a stool. And he cracks it open and he goes for it and he slips on the stool, pulling over the fish tank, spilling all over the floor. And Rule just Drell just gently puts his feet up on the stool as he continues to read his paper. <laughs> how do they live together? I don't know how this works. I'm sticky and wet. Help me. <laughs> Why didn't you use diet? It doesn't get sticky. <sighs> Uh, my review for this is even darker. Uh, so Raul Julia comes home from a long day at the uh, Royal Shakespeare Academy. And uh, <laughs> he comes home and he says, I can't find Gary. He's nowhere in the house. So he goes in the backyard and sees the kiddie pool that Gary had bought many, many weeks ago. And he just sees Gary face planted face down in the kiddie pool. 
drowned and dead. <laughs> and he's, he's, he just looks at him for a second and just goes, all right. But he walks back inside. Because <laughs> that's this movie. This movie is Gary Busey drowned in a kiddie pool. That's right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs> that's what the season's all about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so tragic. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, join us again next time for episode 183, which uh, is going to come out right on the heels of the big anticipated The Marvels. Yeah. a uh, Featuring a strong female cast. Uh, everyone is very excited for this, this much anticipated addition to the universe. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are forgetting a movie that really paved the way. Mm-hmm. For big budget female superhero movies. And of course, I'm talking about the indelible classic, Catwoman. Yes. With Halle yes. Berry. Same so way. we're going to go ahead and in honor <laughs> of the Marvels, we are going to review Catwoman with Halle Berry. We do this for you folks. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but until that time, come on back and be our nerdy audience. We will keep on coming back and being your spooky co-hosts. <laughs> Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friend. Here go. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?